0: came and took them away and from the dusk till the dawn here is where I'll stay Good at the morning, end of good the
1: friend. friend. It's 808 in the morning on the wait, Watchdog wait, Morning Show. Bob Slider behind the board. I'm Howard Monroe and we are here to, oh, I don't know, entertain you, inform you, to kick some things around. As always, the most important thing is that we just like to entertain ourselves, really. If that if that's what we do, I'm I'm happy about it.
2: I, I love when we entertain ourselves. <laughs> in, in fact, I got something for you. I just I just remembered something. Okay. And, and Bet Midler stirred this up. Howard Monroe for a million dollars. Well, you know, I'm the only kidding. Howard Monroe for a million dollars. The category is Bet Midler. Okay. Think you do pretty good there? Oh, uh, yeah. All right. You sure? Yeah. You want to go all in? You're saying I'll bet it all? Well, I don't know. How much is all? A million bucks. You got a million I, bucks in the back. Come on, Bet Midler. The category uh, is all right, Bette all right, all right, all right. Don't push me. Don't push me. All right, I'm in for Bet. Where's she from? What she consider her, her hometown? Neffs. Come on, Hey, don't you got a million bucks on the line here? Brooklyn. I would have. I would have guessed one of the boroughs. Yeah. You are completely off base. Are you
1: sure? Honolulu. Excuse me. I, Bet I, Midler, wait a minute, Bette Midler, Hello? Th- that I don't know how
2: long was she. I don't know if her daddy was stationed there. I don't know, but that is what I, Bette Midler from Honolulu. Whatever I was watching on YouTube, as I entertained myself, and a couple things I thought, well, Howard's going to get a kick out because he's going to have no idea. I was thinking the Bronx, yeah, Brooklyn, yeah, so, you I know, something like that, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I don't
1: know. Maybe she was just passing by. She came to fame, or her, some of her first were in the. um
2: the gay baths in... Uh, absolutely. In, yeah. In a- yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, so I'm sitting there last night, and a couple things just popped up. And I, and I really said to myself, do I know anybody that would have done that? And one was this really big marathon race, Howard. And it's coming down to the very end of the race. you got two people. One guy, I would say he's out. I'll give him a 25-yard, and it's getting close to the end. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> they have an escort. It is a policeman on a motorcycle. Okay. The policeman takes the wrong road. oh <laughs> He makes a right when he should have went straight. The guy in the lead, he follows the guy, and the guy in second place passes them both up and wins the race. Aye, aye. How do you do that? How in the world do you not prepare and know the route? Know the route.
1: You follow the, you figure the lead car, the police car, you think he would know?
2: We've had a pretty big race here for many years. Has that ever happened? Somebody gone the wrong route? I I don't know. uh, To the best of my knowledge. And just what I thought to myself, okay, okay, maybe, maybe I can see that. If you're not paying attention, you know, I can see you, okay,
1: I mean. It's a little more complicated now, but here you you go up Fourteenth Street, you go down through Center Wheeling, South Wheeling, up uh, Bethlehem Hill, down Bethlehem. You know, I mean, it's a pretty stretch. Don't
2: turn on Twelve. You, we might have a you problem. You don't go up Kruger Street. <laughs> you know, you go over the bridge. So and that's exactly what happened. There's videotape of that. <laughs> Jeez. So I don't know if they fix things or it actually cost this guy the race or not. But then, the, so
1: and then the, the guy who followed came in second. I, I think he
2: wins. Yeah, because he t- he stayed on the route the right oh, way. Oh my lord. So, Howard, I'm pretty sure, especially on Thursdays when we have a lot of travel talk, I'm pretty sure one of the places you said you would go would be Italy, right, Rome? Uh, It's it's one of the few things on my, my bucket list, yes. Okay, so I'm pretty sure this guy isn't from West Virginia. But, again, I ask myself, do I know anybody that would do this? Are you saying that would be me? No, no. So what happened was this guy goes to Rome. And he takes his girlfriend, and he wants to show off for his girlfriend, and they go to the Coliseum. Now, I guess you would go to the Coliseum. That'd probably sure. be on one of the things you would go. Absolutely, yeah. This guy pulls out his penknife, and he carves oh, their I initials. <laughs> like, you in know, a, a Debbie and uh, yeah. Debbie And, Sam. and he puts the date, and he carves it in the, the Roman actual Coliseum. Roman Coliseum. So when they arrest him and they say, you know, hey, buddy, hey, I had no idea it was that old. I was just showing my love. Again, Howard, I don't know if I know anybody that would actually pull out their pen knife.
1: I know some really, really stupid people. All right. I want to be as clear as a bell on that. I know some really, really stupid people. Now, I'm not saying a lot. And I don't want any of you who maybe are friends of mine to, you know, to, to think I'm talking about you. I'm just saying as a practical matter, I know a lot of really, really stupid people. But I got to tell you. It's hard for me to conceive of even the stupidest person I know carving their initials into the Roman Colosseum.
2: And then I thought of our dear friend Bill Bryson, who's about as mild-mannered as he gets. And can you imagine him looking over on a tour? Yeah, and one of and his since, <laughs> He would go berserk, wouldn't he? What, <laughs> what are, are you doing? Dying? What are you doing? Well, I didn't know. Is this place an old this or what? This thing is thousands of years old. It's
1: First place gotta be hard to carve, into know, because it's oh, rock. Maybe,
2: isn't it? maybe he brought a chisel and a hammer. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, Bob, there is a line
1: that we've often used: "takes all kinds, takes all kinds," and they're <laughs> they're all around. <laughs> they're all around. All right, coming up uh, in the next hour of the show, we're going to talk about the real Wild West. There's a new TV series, streaming TV series, coming out that says what we saw in Gunsmoke and Wagon Train really wasn't quite exactly what the Wild West was about. We'll talk about that coming up in the next hour of the show. As you know, controversy last week on the Ohio County School Board over the uh, appointment of a new member after the death of Grace Norton. That has now gone down to the state school superintendent for final resolution. Intel does a big piece about that this morning. I don't want to talk about that. But coming up next, it's a question we have bandied about here on the show. Joe Manchin, presidential material? We'll talk about it with John Kilwine next.
3: Do you have foot pain? Foot pain is not normal regardless of your age or job. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet and can provide important foot care solutions or shoe inserts to better manage foot pain. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. We've been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com.
4: Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 470 Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614-470-2000. That's 614-470-2000.
3: It's the summer's hottest party, the Circus Saints and Sinners Party on the Plaza, presented by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The fun happens Saturday, July 8th at the Plaza on Market in downtown Wheeling. Enjoy food trucks, beer and wine, and all-day live music starring Cleveland's number one party band, The Players Club, and Pittsburgh party powerhouse, Jukebox. Get tickets at partyontheplaza.org.
5: When the unexpected happens, it's good to know you can count on the certified professional restorers at Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Whether it's fire, smoke, flood, or storm that damages your home or business, you can rest assured that we have helped thousands of families just like yours. With the right people, equipment, and expertise, we are ready to respond 24 hours a day to get you quickly back on your feet.
0: When disaster strikes, just pick. just listen be part of all of our shows use the frio stack auction service hotline call or text us at 304-214-1600 the frio stack auction service hotline your direct connection to the watchdog It's summertime summertime. and the living is easy, but the conversation is always topical and lively. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU
1: Medicine. Once was a thought inside my head, before I reached 30 I'd be dead, but somehow on dead by 30. I mean, when I was in my 20s, I didn't think I was going to make it past 30. Not because I was living a wild lifestyle. Well, I was, but that's not, I just, I never thought I'd make it past 30.
2: You remember that uh, December I visited you in the uh, hospital room, Hiram?
1: I don't remember that because I was in la-la land. I thought
2: you were going to be dead in 20 minutes and I swear (laughs) to God, that's a true story.
1: (laughs) Well, as you well know, nobody told me (laughs) until after I got out four weeks in the hospital when I got out And I don't remember anything I do not remember you being there Anybody being there Santa Claus came to visit me I don't remember any of that kind of stuff
2: You depressed him He had to get out of there He couldn't stand to be (laughs) around you
1: But uh, uh, I've told you before It wasn't until I had my six week checkup And one of my doctors says You understand we thought we were going to lose you, right? I said, what do you mean lose me? He said, well, we didn't think you were making it out So you were prescient about that You didn't think think I was going to make it All right, uh, real quick, uh, temperature moving up, 72 Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 69 at the Highlands, 72 in Elm Grove, 70 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley, sunny and up into the upper 80s, close to 90 for many parts of the upper Ohio Valley during the day today. We talked last hour with uh, Brad McElhenney about the race for governor in West Virginia. Of course, there are, what, I think five people contending on the Republican side for the uh, governor's Republican nomination for governor. Looks like now we're getting down to maybe Steve Williams from Huntington announcing to run for the Democrat side of things uh, in the governor's race. The other big race, of course, is the U.S. Senate race. Jim Justice, Alex Mooney going against each other in the primary. And, you know, the big question mark about it all is what's Joe Manchin? Is He's the incumbent right now. What's he going to do? I don't think anybody knows. I'm not 100% sure that even he knows but I wanted to talk about that with Professor John Kilwine from WVU, political science professor, because he has a pretty good grasp of all this kind of stuff, can kind of see between the lines and read some things here. Uh, professor, good morning. Welcome to the show.
6: Hey, Howard. Good morning.
1: So let me begin with a simple question. What do you think Manchin's going to do?
6: I have no idea, just okay. like you said. But if I, if I did, if I were forced into a bet, I'd say he's going to run for the Senate again.
1: All right, what do you think about this idea of him as a potential presidential candidate? The no-labels folks have been sort of on and off, quite frankly, about uh, even running a third-party candidate and then on and off a little bit about Manchin. I'm not sure that they're as committed to Joe Manchin as some of us in the media have made
6: it out to be. But, I mean, what do you
1: think about all this talk about him as a third-party presidential candidate?
6: Well, for me, it begs the question: What what does Joe Manchin offer to a national electorate? We know we know what he offers to a West Virginia electorate, and it's going to be a, a tough, complicated case if he runs against uh, justice. But what what does he what does he offer to a uh, to a national audience? Or flip it around: What is Joe Manchin's natural kind of uh, electorate that he could he could build on to theoretically win or at least upset the balance in the race?
1: Do you have an answer to your own question?
6: No, I, I do. I, I really don't. I don't see a national electorate. I mean, he he, he gained he gained national attention for um, you know blocking uh, some of uh, Biden's um, uh, you know economic agenda. So I don't think he earned any any great points with people on the left or to the left middle. And um, is he really going to appeal to Republicans? I don't think so. I mean, clearly. The folks in, in Trump's camp, if he's the, the candidate, are going to be squarely behind him. So I guess, you know, people think that he maybe he's going to appeal to kind of independent or slightly leading right suburban folks or suburban soccer moms, as they used to say. But I, I don't see that he has as an appeal to them either.
1: Let me ask you as a political science professor, is there even such a thing anymore as the independent voter? I mean, I know people carry the independent label after their name, but is there really such a thing as a uh, persuadable voter that was, well, they might be thinking about Trump, they might be thinking, but, but boy, they might be able to convince to go to Manchin. I don't know if that even exists anymore, but you're wiser than I am. What do you think?
6: Well, I'm not wiser than you, but the the the, the thing is that in terms of polling, uh, when we look at polling data, we so many people, a lot more people are, are defining themselves as independent because I guess they don't want to sully themselves with either the D or the R. And so that 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 what you really have to do is you have to dig in and say, well, is this person leaning, leaning R or leading D? And and yeah, there still are independents, but it's a tiny it's a tiny sliver of the electorate. And uh, but I mean, think about the think about the last election. It it, it and the one before it. I mean, they they were close races, and so they they will still be fought over, but I think you're right in that it's a much smaller group than it used to be.
1: As a strategy, I've thought any more, if you're running for office, your goal is more get out the vote, get your supporters to go vote, as opposed to thinking you're going to persuade too many people to come to your side. Now, Trump is a little bit different because there are people who, I mean, he, he has a negative connotation in some people's minds, super super positive in others' minds. But in in general, I, I would say if you're going to vote for Trump, you're not going to vote for Biden. If you're going to vote for Biden, you're not going to vote for Trump. And I'm not sure that there is such a thing as as a middle ground, which no labels kind of feels that there is.
6: Yeah, but I might flip it around, and, and so the you know the and the, there were these complaints about the last election, and really about. Uh, a, a number of recent elections, and that is, you know, this standard American complaint that I, I don't like either candidate. Why can't we have better choices? Blah, blah, blah. And I do think there. and again, when we're talking about elections so close, you know, maybe this could potentially have an effect, maybe not, is that the person who goes into the election booth and says, well, there's no way that I can vote for Trump, but I can't vote. But, and, and, and has similar feelings about Biden, and, and, and then if there's this you know, if there's this third candidate, then rather than just saying I'm not going to vote that, that they, they throw their vote away to the, to the third candidate. Because the reality in American politics is until something fundamentally changes, a third party candidate doesn't stand a chance.
1: Well, you just used a word that I was going to ask you, which is if you vote for a third party candidate, whether it's Joe Manchin on no labels or anybody else, aren't you in a sense throwing your vote away, and aren't you influencing the election for one or the other of the remaining candidates?
6: I 100% agree with you, and so I think there are some people that just can't bring themselves to make the vote. It's an honest choice; they're, they're completely ambivalent, and so they, they, they vote for the third party candidate, and 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 the impact is that they that they did throw away their vote. Now, maybe they walk away and they, they have a clear conscience, so they they voted they voted for president and. Uh, you know, in this way for the third party, but they also made their vote in terms of the Senate, in terms of the governor's office and so on. But then I also think there are some people, and I don't have any empirical proof of this, but I think there are some people who go in and vote for the third party candidate because they can't bring themselves to make the choice for, and you pick, you know, you can pick whatever you want, Biden or, or Trump. And so rather than voting, for that person who they don't like, opponent who they maybe like even less, they they end up voting for the third party candidate. But at the end of the day, it 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 it, it the only purpose of a, a third party. Well, no, there are two purposes at least. One is to get to get policy issues out. In the in the mainstream, and to get people to talk about things, and so I think Ralph Nader would say that was what right. he was about. Ross Perot would say that was what he was about to talk about the deficit, et cetera. Um, but the other thing is that the we, you know, there are third party candidates who are there mm-hmm. to serve no other purpose than to be a spoiler. And and I think in this election with no labels, because I mean, we could get into the whole who's funding no labels, and it doesn't it doesn't have completely. Uh, clean hands in terms of being nonpartisan, not democratic, not Republican, not conservative, not liberal. That I think that it's 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 been going back and forth about running a candidate only if it seems like you know Biden is in a strong position.
1: Um, if 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 there were to be a third party candidate under the no labels banner, uh, and if Manchin were to be that candidate, I I, I want to quickly say, as I think you did, I don't think that's a likelihood but it's being talked about who, who does it help biden or trump if you have a third party with mansion on the ticket who does it help
6: <clears throat> well i don't really know howard cuz i mean it's going to be those people around the middle who are going to who who probably going to go back and if you polled them would say the thing that i said earlier and that is why do why do we have such bad choices and so i guess it could go either way But I think empirically, it it is worth noting that, you know, uh, Harlan Crowe, who's who's close friends with Clarence Thomas and that whole thing with the the Supreme Court, is a significant contributor. And so, you know, I'm going to pay attention to where the money's coming from. And to me, that's a signal that these are people who don't want Biden reelected and would prefer, you know, probably a Republican. So I think... Somebody doesn't throw millions of dollars into an election, you know, just for the fun of it, or to, you know, because they're 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 civic minded. I think that there's a reason for it, and so I have my doubts and I I have my questions. My guess is that the that the goal was probably to undercut some of Biden's support, say in the Philadelphia suburbs or the the Virginia suburbs or wherever, and and so. Now, my question comes, I go back to my original question, is Joe Manchin the, the, the guy who can lure some of those those voters away? And I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure about that.
1: Um, I'm a Democrat, and uh, I have to be honest, I sure wish there was a better choice than Joe Biden. But that's the choice we've got. I have, over all the years I've been on the radio, I always point out that we would never get the best person for the job. We only get a choice of People to pick from and we're gonna to have to pick one of two or maybe three but one of two uh, but so I'm one of these ones thinking man it would be nice if there was somebody else in this race but my fear is if it's a Joe Manchin or somebody of that ilk I shouldn't say ilk of that nature um, that it, all that will do is is simply shore up Donald Trump and I sure as hell don't want that so uh, it, it gets a little bit complicated in my mind and how you're gonna vote I noticed that a lot of his fellow Democrats uh, Manchin's fe- fellow Democrats are trying to encourage him not to consider this, I think, for the same reasons we just talked about.
6: Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and at the end of the day, to me, it, 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 if, if I'm going to look at this from Joe Manchin's perspective, even though there's no way that I could, I could assume that position, is that. You know, strategically, maybe you know this continues to work in his favor, and that people are still talking about him. They talk about him in a, a national context. They talk him about about him being, you know, this this healthy alternative to to these two old guys, Trump and and, and Biden, although mansions no spring chicken, right. And and you know, and, and and so that that it keeps it, it keeps his name in the in the in the papers and the, on the more importantly on the TV shows and things like that. So. I mean, to me, it, it, it makes perfect sense why he would talk about it. I just – if if I were brought in, which I wouldn't be, but if I were brought in as a, as a consultant to the campaign for this national election, I would just – I would walk in and ask the uncomfortable question, who's your national electorate? Who do you expect – who do you expect to lure over? Because he's certainly – he's certainly not going to lure over the, the, the MAGA core because they feel, you know, and, and let's extrapolate from West Virginia. They feel that he undercut the conservative cause. He, he went over, he gave Biden a big win with the with the Inflation Reduction Act and, and so on. So he's not going to win those people over. He's not going to win over people on the left. I mean, given what, you know, his continued protection of coal and, and right. you know, the, the the fossil fuel industry. So he's not going to win that over. So to me, it, it's it's a lost cause. And, you and you know he always says, "I never get into an election I'm not going to win or something like that." Right. So I think he's too savvy of a politician. He's too intelligent to, to get into this. Other than it would be, you know, if, if he does come to the conclusion, I can't win in this. I can't win in the in the in the West Virginia Senate race. <clears throat> maybe this would be a fun swan song that I go out as a as a national candidate. But at, at, at that point, that's almost kind of like a, you know, um, just a. A last-ditch effort—a kind of kamikaze thing. Well, it, but let's it, it let's, has
1: no... let's talk about that. Um, what, what do you think, Manchin, Let's assume that Manchin does decide to run for re-election. Um, what do you think his chances are? Because I think they're pretty. I think I think it, at the very, very, very least, he is in for the election of his life, and I think quite. Likely, he's not going to win reelection. That's just my lay of the land right now. Now, Manchin is a can certainly surprise you, so I I, I wouldn't put a whole lot of money on that. But that's kind of my feeling on what do you think? I mean, does d- if Manchin gets into the race, does he win the race? Does he have a good shot at winning the race?
6: The Senate race. I I agree with you. I agree with you in, in in that it's going to be the the fight of his life. I if I were an odds maker. I would say Justice has a right right now has a slight edge, and the only reason I do that is because you know it's like it's like the Steelers and the Browns, you know who you don't care about what the record is if, of that particular season when they play each other it's going to be a tough game and and you know you're going to have to adjust the odds that way and I think it's the same with this because I think that I don't I mean let's face it I don't think Justice is the perfect candidate I mean he's popular but you know he hasn't really been bloodied. And so this is going to be this is going to be a knockdown them out. This is going to, unless it, unless the polls just go completely k- k- kablooey, there's going to be a lot of national money put into this. Right. Uh, there's going to be a lot of digging in on both sides, and so uh, you know, and the, the backgrounds and the issues that the candidates have, and their their, their their you know their their holdings in terms of companies and things like that. So. I agree with you. It's going to be a tough race. If I had to pick, I'd say it's probably slightly the edge goes slightly to justice, but I, I I still think that's what, you know, that's the the old cliche. That's why we play the game. That's why we have the election. I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be worth paying attention to. And now, now if he gets creamed or if he loses, I won't be surprised, but I also, I wouldn't be surprised if we talk, you know, later in November next year and, 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 uh, and it turns out he won, too. So I, I just I think it's too close to call right now.
1: You are assuming it sounds to me like you're assuming, and I am, too, by the way, that justice wins the Republican primary.
6: Well, I'm assuming it because I think he's the most likable of the crew. Right. I mean, I think that uh, I think that Mitch McConnell certainly put his bet down. Uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Mooney is, uh, is, is. I think I think Joe Manchin would pray to run against Alex Mooney. And so, I, I uh, yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be justice. I mean, let's face it, justice is popular. It's gonna be a Republican primary, and and now, I mean, I guess I guess there are I guess there are chances there for for Mooney or somebody else to 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 picket uh, justice. But if I had to guess, I think it's gonna be justice against the uh, mansion. Uh, uh,
1: justice, of course, is continuing to face sort of the death by a thousand cuts these days. Seems like every couple of days there's another financial story about his businesses there's uh, issues about his health have been raised again recently uh so to the point that he gets irritated and tells those of us in the media to step back step back don't don't talk about these things um at this moment I feel like justice is the is the likely nominee but I I don't know how much how much more bad news can pile upon him before Mooney has a better chance than I think he does right now
6: Oh, you may be right, and 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 so and that and that that also plays throughout both campaigns, right? I mean, if Justice does win in a clo- in a close one or closer than it should have been against Mooney, then that weakens you. I mean, Joe Manchin's not going to face any challenges that are going to be legitimate, and that the, uh, um, and and these deaths. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot there. And I'm I'm sure with regard to both candidates that can be dug out by. You know, concerted national efforts, and there's going to be they're going to they're going to be going after him, and so going after both of them, and um, um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think justice is is the flawed candidate, and, and and you know, it's unfortunate for from his perspective and from his campaign's perspective in that he really he had a relatively easy time as governor, and he was very supported, he, he he did some good things on the COVID stuff, and, and so you know, mm-hmm. he had a lot of popularity, but. But they they also got in trouble with trying to control the you know trying to control the story trying to control the media. You're not going to be able to pull that off in a national election, and so right. you know those stories are going to come out, and and, and attempts to shut down stories will will, will, will go against you. But again, I, that's why I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out. If if you're into politics, this is going to be an interesting race. Now. It could be, it could go completely wrong, and I, and and, and I'll have egg on my face, and, and that you know national issues affect the race, or that people just have had it with Manchin. But I, I think that they're two, I mean they're two native candidates that, that you know West Virginians know well, and 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 it's going to be it's going to be a battle between the two.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting. It's hard to believe that we're just—we're uh, still six months away from filing deadline, and we've been talking about this for six months. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's going to be—it's going to be interesting. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be aggressive. The Republican primary, and then we'll see what happens uh, uh, with Mansion. Uh, if Manchin doesn't get into the race, I think he will, like you do. But if he doesn't, I don't know what Democrats do then. Just say, take it—you know—take it away, Republicans. I don't even know there's anybody else on the stage who could could mount a campaign of any kind. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. Well that's
6: why I think that uh, that's why I think his colleagues in the Senate are so I mean uh, so uh, supportive of Manchin in, in even when he when he slaps them in the face because I think they realize that. I mean if if, if he doesn't run then the Democrats are basically gonna tick a knee. Yep. And and so that, that that's one seat that's lost.
1: Professor, I always enjoy talking to you. I like your insight. I appreciate it very much. And we'll continue to talk as the election moves forward. Thanks so much for joining me today.
6: Thank you, Howard. See you.
1: Right. Uh, professor John Kilwine from WVU, political science professor, I think head of the political science department. 8.37, 23 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Getting warm. 72 degrees at the uh, airports, 69 at the Highlands. 72 in Elm Grove. 70 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios. Going up to 90 today or pretty close to it. LET'S CHECK INTO THE uh, OHIO VALLEY NEWSROOM FROM WTRF-TV AND um, REBECCA LITTLE IS HERE THIS MORNING.
3: GOOD MORNING, I'M REBECCA LITTLE WITH YOUR HEADLINES FOR THIS THURSDAY, JULY THE 6TH. FORMER BENWOOD FIRE DEPARTMENT CHIEF GARSON TAYLOR WAS INDICTED ON A TOTAL OF FIVE COUNTS. ONE COUNT OF wanton ENDANGERMENT, ONE OF STRANGULATION, ONE OF DOMESTIC BATTERY, ONE OF FLEEING AND ONE OF OBSTRUCTING AN OFFICER. Garson was arrested in Marshall County back in April following a standoff with police. And according to Ben Wood Police Chief Frank Longwell, Taylor's wife was found with a bloody face and choke marks on her neck at the time. Police say while officers were investigating, Taylor reportedly drove by, refused to stop at the officer's command, and then led them on a chase several laps around the city. AND HUNDREDS OF LAWSUITS ARE SET TO BE FILED AGAINST THE WEST VIRGINIA STATE POLICE FOR ALLEGED MISCONDUCT. ATTORNEY TERESA TORRESAVA FILED THE FIRST OF THOSE LAWSUITS RELATED TO THE STATE POLICE ACADEMY LAST WEEK. DUE TO THE EXPECTED HIGH VOLUME OF LAWSUITS, Seva SAID SHE'S COLLABORATED WITH THE TEAM OF ATTORNEYS AS THE CASE MOVES FORWARD. WILLING-BASED TORRESAVA LAW PARTNERED WITH THE LAW OFFICES OF KELLY R. REED AND CRANSTON AND EDWARDS FROM MORGANTOWN. Torriceva says each member of the team brings their own expertise. Ava says all the lawsuits will be related to claims of hidden cameras in the women's locker room, alleged physical and sexual abuse, and a toxic work environment at the West Virginia State Police Academy. And the Lincoln Avenue bridge over State Route 7 in Steubenville is undergoing construction for replacement. During working hours, the northbound off-ramp from State Route 7 onto Lincoln Avenue will be closed. Throughout construction, State Route 7 southbound traffic will be restricted to one lane. However, future nighttime closures are necessary for demolition. The duration from the ramp closure is 100 days. And that was a look at your headlines. I'm Rebecca Little, working for you.
5: How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. You want a hospital
6: rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU-MEDICINE WHEELING HOSPITAL, DELIVERING THE RIGHT CARE, RIGHT PLACE, RIGHT TIME.
1: THE HIGHLAND SPORTS COMPLEX IS THE OHIO VALLEY'S MOST EXCITING PLACE TO PLAY. A STATE-OF-THE-ART FACILITY OFFERING FUN FOR THE WHOLE FAMILY WITH A CLIMBING WALL, ARCADE, INDOOR TURF, HARDWOOD COURTS, CLASSES AND CAMPS FOR KIDS AND ADULTS. PLUS, YOU CAN TAKE A BREAK IN THE ON-SITE CAFE. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com, or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70.
0: On the last talk line on Metro News, Bob Huggins was in court in Pittsburgh on the DUI charge. Our Greg Carey was there. He arrived in the courthouse about an hour
6: uh, before the hearing. scheduled to start at 9. He was in there around 8. He was in the lobby which we were standing for about five ten minutes and then the rest of the time he was present in the courtroom the entire hearing i would say was over within two minutes and then he was taken upstairs to give fingerprints
0: talk on weekdays at 10 06 on this metro news station spend your summer mornings with us news information conversation controversy and fun the watchdog morning show with howard monroe brought to you by wvu medicine
4: You've been talking in your sleep, sleeping in your dreams with some sweet lovers. On your
2: mind. Help me, Crystal Gale? Very good, Howard. All right, very good. Well, see, earlier, Loretta said, don't come home a drinking with loving on your mind. <laughs> now, uh, Crystal saying that's all you're talking about in your sleeper. You got loving on your mind. <laughs>
1: yes, but not necessarily loving, Crystal.
2: Nah, maybe Loretta. You know, maybe Loretta.
1: <laughs> 17 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Temperature is moving up. 72 Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 74 at the Highlands, 75 in Elm Grove, still 71 here at the Robinson Ottergrove Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. We are looking for at least the upper 80s today with sunshine all day long. Could be 90 or more in some places. I mentioned earlier, we hit 106. Feels like on the pool deck in the backyard of my son's house yesterday, it was steaming out there. I took my, uh, Shoes off, my sandals off, you know, to get in the pool and just left them in the sun. That was a mistake. Yeah, they got hot pretty quick. I tried to put them back on. I was
2: like, oh, 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 oh. Now, when you were uh, out there with Teddy, was it so hot that you couldn't have lunch, Howard?
1: Oh, no. Uh, It's never so hot that I can't have lunch.
2: Do you ask that for a reason? Yeah, I kind of cheated on you a little bit. I thought I might as well just get it out. Did you go to lunch yesterday? Well, I dropped you off. And then I got the idea about... I think somewhere along the way I said something like, you know, hey, do you want to do something? <laughs> really. I had good intentions. I, I I went to the library, Howard. Okay.
1: And I got hungry. They don't have food there. They
2: don't, but right around the corner of the Hall of Fame Cafe does. Oh, so man. I cheated on you. I went down. Oh, no. And it was packed. I mean, it was absolutely packed. have soup? I had a bowl of soup, chicken noodle soup, no. and I had a killer burger, and there was nothing left. I mean, there was absolutely nothing <sighs> left. And the I starter? felt bad. I felt bad. I don't think you did. I really did because no, I, I think thought Howard would really be enjoying this. <laughs> you know how you and I usually, we'd cruise down the back room and there's nobody there? Right. It was packed. Really? The back room was packed.
1: I have had, I have not been there for a while. We were going to go one day, and I, I was hungrier than I thought they could satisfy me there. I have had such a taste for Angel's chicken rice soup lately. I mean, I just – they have the best
2: – I know I say it every single time. They've got the best soup in town. In July, we get out and eat, eat the soup.
1: I don't and, – and oftentimes, we'll take some home. Nancy will go and pick up at least two bowls full of chicken rice soup that I'll have at home.
2: Yeah, see, I didn't want to take the chance of you or Nancy stopping in. Somebody said, well, Bob was just in here yesterday and, you know, getting back to you. So I, I, I just had to come clean, Howard.
1: I even said I know I said <laughs> On the way home I said I don't know You want to do something and No oh, you I, think, I got things to do I think I'll just take you home And uh, I've got some things to do And, and so I okay. Well I went swimming That's okay I went swimming And we had um, More hot dogs And hamburgers too So it was okay It was And macaroni salad And all the Usual leftovers Speaking of leftovers, I have a lot of texts on the Frio Stack auction service text line
2: Let's at
1: 304-214-1600. Many of these are from yesterday. I don't think too many have come in today, and I really feel bad that I haven't gotten to them, but I've got a huge number of them here. A lot of them have to do with the Ohio County School Board uh, story from last week where the Ohio County School Board has to appoint a member uh, to replace Grace Norton who passed away um, a month or so ago. And uh, they had uh, a really, I don't know controversial is quite the right word to use, but uh, there was a lot of discussion at the meeting. I did watch the entire meeting in its entirety last night, uh, a lot of discussion about the various candidates. They got down to two, uh, Jessica Powers and Olivia Littman, and they were deadlocked two to two. Two were in favor of Powers, two were in favor of Littman. They couldn't move past it. And so they sent it down to the um the uh, sec- uh, not secretary of state, the state's school superintendent, Michelle Blatt, down in Charleston. A couple of thoughts run through my mind about that situation down in Charleston. Number one, I wonder if any kind of pressure gets put on her, Bob. She is an independent superintendent, employed by the school board. Board is appointed by Governor Justice. I just wonder if there's any, you know, whispering in her ear from any politicos about. Who ought to be the nominee?
2: I wouldn't be whispering in her ear. I'd be pretty loud about it. i said, look, they couldn't make their mind up in Ohio County. Shame on them. Pick one. She has the option of picking
1: somebody else, which actually I think theoretically is the best idea. If the board was deadlocked and they were clearly firmly deadlocked, it would be wise, I think, for Michelle Black to
2: pick a third. But here's the problem. What does she know about who's a, who good candidates are in Ohio County? And that's my point. Again, if I was giving her advice, advice, I would say, look, don't pay any attention to anything up in, in Ohio County. They know her pretty well, and they couldn't come up with a decision. Base it on whatever you want. Flip a coin. Do something, but base it on your decision because, look, I, I, I don't think they gave you any help at all. Other than they couldn't make a decision.
1: There was a lot of debate at the school board meeting, which I had not realized until I watched it last night, over this whole idea. You all remember it's complicated. School boards are elected from magisterial districts, and every magisterial district has to be represented. And you can't have no more than two from any one magisterial district, which is why sometimes... If you rank in an election, you could go down to the fifth, sixth choice before you get to the actual winner because of the way those districts uh, fall out. And uh, Grace Norton, who had passed away, was from District 1. And at the board meeting a couple of weeks ago, it was said that candidates could apply from any magisterial district. And then this week, um, School Board President Andy Garber read a letter from the state Uh, from Deke Kersey who's been with us on the show many times from the Secretary of State's office basically saying no he thinks you have to be from District 1 and only District 1 it's an interesting distinction Bob if I understand it and I'm not an attorney and David Croft will tell me that I'm not an attorney but if I understand it correctly what Kersey said was the, the legislation doesn't really address the question of whether a it says you must be elected from the magisterial districts the way I mentioned it. But does that mean that you that only someone from that district can serve? The difference between being elected and serve. This is an appointment. Does the appointment have to follow the same thing as the election? Kersey seemed to imply that. Andy Gerber, the president of the school board, uh, went along with it. David Croft said he disagrees, but Croft also said, I'm not going to fight that. That's fine. We'll just... Will accept it being from from District One. Although there were a couple of candidates from District Two, at least one candidate from District Two, that kind of got short shrift because they didn't tell them ahead of time that you're not eligible. They told them before you could you could pick from any district, and then now they're only down to those those two districts. Morning Intel does a a fairly good story about this, lengthy story. Jocelyn uh, King does the story, six pages of print and <laughs> talk about it. Probably more than in the school board It looked to me like the board themselves Were disagreeing But disagreeing disagreeing agreeably Okay I didn't sense any real Fight going on between them I saw some disagreement David Croft said No he doesn't think that that legal Interpretation is quite right Molly Adderholt sort of Implied that as well but The the school board went along with it and and Croft said okay that's fine I don't don't have a problem With that Uh, Bottom line is it's just the whole thing Are differences of opinion
2: and I believe I've heard you say time and time again Howard that uh politics really has no place for that the board right? And school th- board should not should not be. But you and I both know I think we're in total agreement on this personal agendas play out or have played out in a high county and uh sometimes you wonder if they still are playing out. Uh, when you get deadlocked like this. so I think,
1: yeah, I'm sorry. Okay,
2: so putting that to a side, and when you can't resolve it here, and it does go to Charleston, does politics now come involved? Does whoever make the choice look at the two candidates and say, okay, she's been the better uh, better Democrat,
1: or, 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 or that never happens? Here is my fear, that once it gets into Charleston's hands, I don't, listen, I think what we have in Ohio County, is a clear just difference of opinion about the direction they want the school board to go. Jessica Powers, and there's been an argument, is she part of this group Moms for Liberty? And she says no. But she comes out of the aggressive parent background, you know, uh, wanting more oversight of uh, what's taught in the school systems and more oversight of the books and so on. And uh, Olivia Littman is uh, more of a in line with, with traditional educators. I, it's just it's a difference of opinion. I think you have two of the school board members who want um, the the type of candidate that Jessica Powers represents, and then you have two others that want a, a different point. It's a difference of opinion. My fear is, in Charleston, politics will become more at play, that there will be more pressure put on the state superintendent from a variety of different people, uh, and I don't think it's from the school board. I think the board had a Reasonable disagreement, and they kind of hash it out, and and often went to the state the state school board. But um, I, the best choice would be for her to pick someone else. But again, the problem is she's in Charleston; she doesn't know Ohio County at all. So how does she get a better candidate? Uh, I mean, how does she know who to pick? Um, I just don't know. Um, so this, I encourage you to check the story out the morning Intel today. Uh, no shortage of words on the BOE appointment. And uh, I think that's, um, you know, as uh, Jocelyn points out at one point, the fight seems to be more on social media. Once again, the fight seems to be more on social media than it was uh, in in the school board. So uh, I don't know. But I think, I think you have the board just clearly divided over who. The, now, let me say a couple things real quick. The folks supporting Jessica Powers, David Croft and Molly Adderholt made a point of saying that Jessica Powers had received more votes than Grace Norton, Grace the woman who passed away. Well, that's disingenuous because she was in a different election. Grace Norton was elected uh, 2 years previously. So her vote count doesn't and Jessica Powers don't they don't jive because it's not in the same election. So I think that was very disingenuous. Well, she received more votes than Grace Norton did. Okay, but it was in a different election. Uh, so I don't, I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't buy into that at all. Um, and there was another point I wanted to make, and now it's slipped in my mind because I'm getting old and I forget things. So there you go. Uh, anyways, I've uh, got some thoughts on this. Again I, I, again, I didn't get to the text, so I have a couple of texts I'll get to when I can. I had a pleasant uh, text conversation last night with David Croft. Uh, sharing some information with me and trying to explain to me where his position was, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, Five before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show.
0: Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the
1: voice of West Virginia. Need a new suit? looking for a good book, searching for a unique gift, the Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands.
4: Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's,
1: and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Get ready for summer with 11% off everything now at
0: Menards. Attract a wide variety of your favorite birds to your feeder with quality KT Bird Food Blends. KT Premium Blends offer superior nutrition that will keep them coming back. Right now, pick up a 14-pound bag of Midwest Blend Wild Bird Food for only $20.99 after 11% off. Good through July 9th. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some
5: exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The law office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom. With a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation. 304 232 5300.
0: He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine i'm not here to forget you i'm here to recall
1: the things we used to say and do i don't want to get over you i don't want to get
5: over you
1: a couple of minutes here till the top of the hour on the watchdog morning show a couple of texts off the frio stack auction service text line having to do with this school board story from last week and continuing into this week. uh, Howard, you may want to actually uh, speak to Jessica before lumping her in with Carly on the radio. Keep in mind, I didn't lump her in with Carly Dittmer on the radio. I read a text that did the same thing. Uh, Howard, what you really ought to do is watch the video because the newspaper story was incorrect and didn't do a good summary. I did watch the video and I completely disagree with you. I think the newspaper story of last week the story about the school board meeting was pretty much on target. I think they pretty well, I think they did a good reporting job of what happened at that meeting. I mean, you get a little nuances when you watch the actual meeting, but I know I, I, I'm I, sorry, I'm going to disagree completely. I think the paper did do a, a pretty good job. Let's see what else is here um, having nothing to do with school board did you and Bob make it down to the Mason-Dixon shrimp boil? No, we did not. Well, I don't know. Bob, I stiffed go- him, uh, Bob apparently goes out to lunch uh, <laughs> without me. So did you uh, did you make it to the Mason-Dixon shrimp I did not. All right, just, uh, just checking there. Uh, what else do I have here real quick before I go to the news break? Um, sh- 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 we'll get to that later. Uh, one last one real quick. Nope, too late, too long to get into this. I will do that coming up in the next hour of the show. So next hour, I will talk more about this school board story. We will get maybe some takes on the Senate race or the governor's race in West Virginia we've talked about. And we will talk about the real Wild West. It's not what you see on Gunsmoke, according to a new streaming TV series that's coming out. We'll talk to folks from that. That's coming up in the next hour of the show here on the Watchdog Morning Show, where it's 9 o'clock.
3: Same old song,
0: missing you through and through. I don't want to get old. I don't FM it. 1, AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling FM 97.7 AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.
4: From ABC News, I'm Derek Dennis. This morning, another escalation in the war in Ukraine. A rare, deadly cruise missile attack on civilians in the western city of Lviv.
3: The wounded, walking dazed and bloody, after three powerful missiles pounded this normally peaceful city the largest attack since the invasion began here, at least four killed and more than 30 wounded.
4: ABC's Martha Raddatz, Ukrainian President Zelensky calling on the U.S. and other allies to send fighter jets to help. In Philadelphia, a lawsuit against the makers of ghost guns, those makeshift untraceable weapons without serial numbers. Authorities say five people were killed in a shooting this week with those guns. The city of Philadelphia has
5: actually filed a lawsuit they say has been in the works for quite some time targeting the manufacturers of these ghost guns, and we're hearing from family members of people who were there for this mass shooting, including a
4: father who says a teenage boy gave his life protecting his best friend. ABC's Trevor Walt, a deadly fire on a huge cargo ship in Newark, New Jersey, docked on the city's waterfront. Two firefighters killed. The fire is under control, but smoke is still visible. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is in China talking trade policies and competition while the president hits the road as well. President
3: Biden travels to South Carolina today to continue touting what the White House is calling Bidenomics, or his economic agenda and how it's benefiting Americans. He'll announce that companies have committed over $500 billion in private sector manufacturing and clean energy investments in the U.S. since he took office. The president visits a solar tech company, Enphase Energy, to highlight the $60 million investment that companies made that will create 1,800 jobs nationwide, including 600 in South Carolina. The White House says the company is part of a growing list nationwide that's mobilized by funding from one of the president's signature bills, the Inflation Reduction Act. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington.
4: New unemployment numbers out from the Labor Department. 248,000 claims filed